Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 414. Mr. Samich. Sick of me yet. Huzzah! Man, well, this is the first time I haven't had a chance to watch anything yet today that you've been on, but you have been all over the Racing Dudes YouTube channel and Aaron, but Aaron's actually dropping out of this one. You, sir, you are the MVP today. No quit. No quit, my man. Just keep rolling. I got another one tonight. Make sure you check out Slim and Slamo's Halftime Betapalooza at the Halftime of the Thursday oh, shit, Night Game. Right. We got Best Bets for the second half and the NFL weekend. We just don't stop. Uh, the third, it's a, uh, I forgot it's Thursday. And, and yeah, like Dr. Tang says, I wish there was a better football game tonight. I almost was going to say for the, um, dudes who bet daily today to do the under and it was 38 and I'm like, God, that means I'm just rooting for someone to kiss their sister. Like, that's just terrible. Nobody so, wants to see that. I kind of like the over in tonight's game because you have two okay. of the worst pass rushes in the NFL and Carson Wentz actually a like serviceable quarterback when no one is running at him and they're 300 pounds and trying to tackle him. So uh, he should have a pretty easy time moving the football night. I think they might put up points. They may, it, I, I would be willing to wager a lot of money is I can't say more entertaining because last week at least Thursday night game was wildly entertaining, even though it was 12, nine because of stupidity. You'll definitely have more points. Definitely a better red zone offense. We'll put it that way. Different kind of entertaining versus, uh, versus yeah. like, well, maybe ineptitude. Uh, by the way, speaking of the, aren't they playing tonight? The commanders, Yes. Um, that uh, very uh, interesting expose on ESPN about Daniel Snyder hiring uh, law firm or investigative firms, PI firms, to investigate every owner in the NFL and have dirt on them because he knows his, his ass is about to get kicked out. That guy has always seemed like a slimy snake, but oof, reading that story is like, ugh. Well, you know, you know what? You know why? You know it like it's bad? I believed every word. I didn't think a single one of it was fabricated. Yep. I'm like, oh nope, that's that fits that right right down the center lane there with with, with Snyder. That, that is what you expect from him. Oh, pretty bad. Uh Nick, by the way, uh in the chat, he says, Can we finally address the sprint dirt mile being switched? Blah blah blah. Uh bring that up at the end of the show. I uh we'll get into that. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to get the pick five taken care of, but we will talk about that then. Just remind us uh when we get there. But we do have the uh the late pick five on Saturday at Keeneland. The headlining event is the QE2 Cup. Uh, I don't know if you guys talked about Blinkers off. I'm curious to hear your thoughts because McCulloch is the even money favorite. And how many times does Chad Brown do this? He's got two in there. We'll talk about that a little bit. You ready to get going, buddy? I am. For everyone, Blinkers off was just a Breeders' Cup preview. So if you want to go think of our way too early Breeders' Cup horses, that's where Blinkers off was today. Go check that out. Download it. Check it out on YouTube. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe. Thumbs up. Like all of it. Just go for it. I feel like Nick's saying, yes, finally, you're getting into the show. I know he's not, but that's kind of how it read. Let's get into it, buddy. Rise up. All right, Mike, here we go. First leg of the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 8th. Race, sorry, race uh, the 15th. I have the date wrong. Saturday, October 15th, race six, eight maiden fillies going a mile on the 16th on the main track. Lots of big barns with uh, runners in here. You've got Romans, you've got Pletcher, McPeak, Cox, Stahl, Rudy, Brissett. Uh, plenty of options. Where are you going on top? 
Wow, McPeak is flattered that you mentioned him in here. Um, look, I, I'm going to go with the Brad Cox horse, Sunny River on top, the seven. Makes a ton of sense, eight to five, has run some very good efforts. A little concerned uh, that this horse hasn't won yet because you kind of would have expected that we would have gotten the job done here. It did win three back, but gets DQ'd and plays second. Last mm-hmm. two times, had the lead, ends up finishing second in both of those spots. Um, I'm going to tentatively put the seven on top, but I'm going to spread a little around this horse. I think that you are not. Are you singling? <laughs> I singled, yeah. Uh, I I did. So here's the thing. Fastest horse early. You've got a jockey that when he wants to can quarter horse out of the gate as well as anybody. Um, you got a quick run of that first turn, and the race ends at the 16th pole because, here at Keeneland with this setup. And you mentioned uh, that second career start, she got DQ'd. She was the best horse. She just couldn't run straight when the horse came up alongside her. Uh, her next two starts, she hasn't had that issue the Ellis loss, I'm going to forgive. If you remember, she's a mile at Ellis. It's like a one and three quarter turn race. And she was all the way on the outside. She had to break super wide. Um, last time out, I thought was really impressive. It was a next out winner who beat her with 85 in a Keeneland allowance race. Just lost by a head. Um, you know, I really think this horse is going to love routing. So uh, you look at this, the siblings, uh, older siblings going two turns on dirt. Eight starts, three wins, a second and two thirds. So she should love routing. Um, <clears throat> I understand that there are some, you're like, okay, maybe she hangs or maybe she's not as gutsy as you would like to see. Um, so I can understand if you want to go elsewhere, who'd you use? Yeah, I'm going go to go use two other horses. I'm getting a little more aggressive with my single. I'm going to single a four to one shot later in the sequence. Um, and that allows me to kind of spread a little bit here. So I do have the seven on top, but I'm going to go three deep here. My second pick in this spot was right to the outside, the eight forever after all for Al Stahl. Uh, you mentioned how the, the like the seven wants to go two turns. There's some wonderful pedigrees in this race. So, so forever, uh, forever after all, uh, by Connect out of a Giants Causeway mare. This horse has gone a mile and eight twice already. So we know we're going to have no issue with this mile and a 16th distance. Shown some tactical speed in those races and just kind of missed a, by a little bit beat inventing last time who's the four horse here who just loves eating money i I'm, i cannot use venting I, I, I can't do it that just horses nope. burn way too much money at this point look I, I realize we need to kind of take a little bit of a step forward here i don't like the fact that both the seven and the eight have second itis but i do think they are the best two horses in this race i like the price on the eight at seven to two a little bit more and should sit a good trip with some tactical speed the other horse i'm gonna use is on the rail i'm gonna go to the one oma the great uh Look, this was a Suge had this horse for the first two starts, debuted at Keeneland in April. It's a pretty aggressive spot for Suge to debut. He gets somebody bet, gets I read up at 11 to 1, comes back and gets uh, Rosario up at Churchill. Now we get Pratt up. This horse is clearly good, just based on the connections that are that they're getting to ride on, on this horse. And then you look at that, that workout on September 24th, 59 and 4. All of a sudden, this horse is showing speed for the new barn. I think Rudolph Brissett, who is pretty good from a trainer's perspective, especially with younger horses, can get this three-year-old filly worked out. Uh, this is a horse that's a tappet out of a violence mare. Violence. Like I said, <laughs> you get Pratt aboard. I love the 15-to-1 price. If it's not one of the outside horses, I think it's a bomb, and I think the one is the most likely bomb. Uh, you know, and when I was looking at this for a, a horse to try and take at a price, if I wanted to go <clears throat> someone with a favorite, uh, that's the, the one horse is who I landed on. I didn't use obviously, but you bring up good points. The pieces are there for this long shot to step forward. Um, the, the three horse is six to one. She's zero for 12, which reminds me of a Roman's horse. We're going to talk about, um, in, in a different spot. Uh, 
the six is probably going to come running late for third, right? Like she usually does. The eight was another horse I looked at. I just don't, the way that my ticket is structured, Mike, I am a little chop, <clears throat> excuse me, chalk in some spots. I didn't want to go the two favorites in this spot. They would have been my second choice in here. I think that um, you see that she's only ever been routing. So you have no question that she's going to be able to be finishing at this spot. Uh, does the seven get cooked early? Does the seven get a wide trip? Does Flo decide to not quarter Harris out of the start? And we end up looking like the debut. So lots of question marks there, but I am going to single the seven. I think that um, if she's right, I think that she's easily the best horse in this field. Definitely the most talented. Well, I don't even know for the most talented. I mean, tied with the best buyer with the eight. And I like the price on the eight yep. a lot more. I think we can agree. The four horse of five to two is a hard pass. That's the just try and beat inventing. Inventing likes to not win. And we've learned that at this point. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, let's move on. My second leg of the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 15th. Race seven. We've got an overdrawn. This is a great field. Field of uh, 12 maidens, uh, four also eligibles. They're all juvenile Colts going a mile on the turf. Uh, the first question, how deep did you go? I haven't looked at your ticket. And then who is your top play? I would have singled here if I didn't single in the next place. Holy because, shit. You would well, have singled this, in this race? This is a separator like a like none other. If you get through this with one, you have tons of coverage later. Obviously, I'm not singling the field, and that's one of the reasons we're, we're trying to get creative here. I like Worthington, the four horse, quite a bit. Uh, his horse debuted at Kentucky Downs. The winner of that race was also a Mike Maker horse, uh, Gaslight Dancer, who came back in a turf sprint and, and showed, very, like, showed some talent there. So the winner comes back. Shows some good effort. This horse runs third. Obviously the worst maker in that race, but that's really not a bad thing considering how well that first place finisher was. I thought Worthington's trip wasn't wonderful. Uh, I, I feel like we can do a, we can end up get doing a little bit better. Miranda Wrights, who finished second in that race, is the 14 and did not draw in, which I think matters. So you don't have to worry about Miranda Wrights in this spot. I think the force first race was by far the best race we've seen from any any horse in this field. I think it's the logical step forward. You get Gaffleone, whose makers go to here at Keeneland. I think it's all systems go on the four Worthington. You kind of uh, undersold him a little bit, buddy, who uh, the horse that beat him. Uh, he said showed some good form. He won two turf sprint stakes, including a win in your in for the Breeders' Cup General Turf Sprint at Keeneland by open length. He's the best horse form. that isn't trained by Wesley Ward. So, yeah, a damn good horse to beat him. This is my top pick in the race as well. Um, the damn sire Monarcos won the Kentucky and Florida Derbies in 2001. Both siblings who won did so routing. So I think the stretch out is perfect for this horse. You touched on a great points. Um, I went to what did I, I end up going five deep in this spot? I went with prices. Everything else from here is a price. So I didn't go uh, with anyone else. Next up for me, number eight, Daryl's Bolt at 15 to one. Look at who this horse debuts against. Hoggins gets hammered. I, if you watch the head on, this horse gets hammered out of the gate. He ends up being last by a country mile the whole way down the backstretch. Somehow this horse has the courage to weave him past the field, ha over half the field. Uh, it looks like a horse that probably would want two turns anyway. It's going to sound weird. He only lost five and a half lengths on Loggins from start to finish. The rest of that field was close to Loggins and then went... <clears throat> He was like, I'm close. I'm not close, but I'm only going to lose like five and a half lanes. It's a weird thing to say, but everybody else got their ass beat. He only mildly got his ass beat uh, by comparison. Um, you also look, he's got one older sibling that was three for eight turf routing with three third place finishes as well. So I think turf routing is exactly what this horse is going to want. Um, whether this is the field that he does it against, because we both really like the four, we'll find out. But I really, really like the eight as well. I think it's a little bit too big of a step up. Um, ironically, the only Borto Oros that haven't been running are the ones owned by the Reeses. I don't know if you've noticed that, but all 
Dude, yes. <laughs> All of the bolts that are Ruiz horses, either trained by Shelby or owned by the Ruiz family, seems to not run. And this is one of those that, that just didn't uh, doesn't seem to run. I agree. Should be better today. Um, it was 45 to 1 in that debut. Should be better today. I'm not sure that uh, there's enough there to get it done. And, and by the way, the four-horse Gaslight Dancer ran second at Aqueduct last out. Uh, so just missed in a winning year. Didn't didn't win it. I thought um, he, he did. Oh, no, you're right. He lost to Nazrock. That's right. Yep. Yeah, you're right. So, so I just uh, ran well, but didn't wasn't able to win it. Um, look, for my second pick, I'm going to go to the seven-horse six missions here. Was the favorite in that Gaslight Dancer Worthington race. And if you look at the first race, lost to Private Creed. The Private Creed that came back and won a Keelan over the weekend. So very, very good form from the seven-six missions. And you get Pratt up with Brissette. I think that horse is awfully live. I'm also going to play another, the 11, who is a chalk horse here, uh, Ashcroft for Wesley Ward. Uh, Noni Hudson, the big wham, that's a pretty good debut race. So I'll take a shot with a 7 and the 11 is the next two. Not not big prices, pretty logical users, so I'm not going to spend too much time on them. I'm going to pass on both of them. I think they're both better sprinting. They both, first of all, have sprint sires. Um, I didn't like the fact that six missions when he was the favorite at Kentucky Downs going longer, didn't seem to have that same kick he had when he's going shorter. Now we're going two turns. I'm really worried that that horse can be able to sustain it. And he's by a damn uh, sprint sire. And I ransomed the effing moon. I hate that horse so much. Um, Ashcroft, he's by Munnings. I also am really worried about the post position here. It's a very quick run to that first turn. I, I'm worried that this horse is going to have to be hustled out of there or get stuck extremely wide or be asked to come from way far out of it. And it, it's a sprint sire, like I said, the damn family wins, but it, they usually win at age four, oddly enough, late in three-year-old season. So uh, for me, I couldn't use those horses. But again, you, you know, we're, we have slightly different ticket structures here. I didn't want to go so chalky with my other uses. Yeah, I, I'm willing to, to chalk it out a little bit here. I actually agree with you on the 11 and the post position. Um, that was just a really good race in that debut. And, and the fact that you put, we were in there with Nona Hudson, which obviously one of the better Wesley Wards as well, uh, ran third in that stakes at, over the weekend at Keeneland, tells me that, that that's a horse that he thinks pretty highly of. And I'm going to trust Ward with what he brings back here at Keeneland. Generally, he places him pretty well at Keeneland. Um, so I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. Now let's talk about some prices. I, I think there's a couple prices in here that you can take a swing with. And I think it's interesting that we both use the other two prices I have. So how about you talk about, uh, how about you talk about team leader a little bit since we don't both have that horse. Yeah, well, first of all, this is a horse to me that screams value because he's trying multiple new things after failing as a big favorite in his first two career starts. And now he's 10 to 1. Uh, all three of the siblings that he has, they've won. One of them won as a two-year-old, so you've got some early win. One of them won on turf, so you've got that going for you. It, it just can't get over the fact that somebody looked at this horse at Saratoga, and then it was at Churchill for the next race, and, and kept hammering the shit out of this horse. And then now we're 10 to 1. And we're trying new things. We're adding blinkers. We're stretching out. The damn side says that, you know, by Tisnow says that two turns is there. So and I think the horse is interesting from a value perspective, if nothing else. Yeah, I just hate how it stopped in both those starts. I, I, I think this horse shows speed. Um but man, it looks scary trying to get a mile for that horse, and that's that was my biggest concern. Is that I'm just not sure that we can get a mile. And we, we like the the first race, five and a half furlongs. Okay, you know the, the pace was pretty quick. The horse was close to it. Second race, this horse ran a 45, 48 second half and quit. And that's just that's a bad sign to me. The uh, the the siblings are uh, four for fourteen uh, routing, uh, including one win on turf. But yes, you're right. the The way the horse looked in those sprints was not uh, super excited. Again, I'm just thinking we're trying a bunch of different stuff when the horse was uh, what nine to eight to five and then two to one and now ten to one. Why not? 
and you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Brennan Walsh, in $101,000, five and a half dirt sprint at Saratoga, having an eight to five shot is wild. That is not normal. That There was something out. There was some steam on that horse, especially with Gaffleona. But it's not like it's Irad who's up. So clearly there was some steam that the nine has some talent. We just haven't seen that translate over to the race. All right, let's talk about our two bombs here. The one horse, safe trip home. <laughs> um, this is an interesting one. I'm sure you're on it for the same reasons I am. Holy hell, look at the trainer stats here. Okay, so yep. this is a more than ready, $95,000. Uh, William Cohen's 20%, 25 winners, 124 starts. Never start, well, has not started a horse at Keeneland yet. 36% first time out. You know, I, I did not say that wrong. 36% first time starters for a $3.57 ROI. These two, the jockey and, tra- and trainer, team up together at 33% and 79 starts. 79 of the 124 starts are this jockey's. Clearly, this jockey is shipping in to just ride this horse, who is a very good horse, or at least talented enough to be a Keeneland. The trainer's not an idiot. He's hitting off at 20-plus percent, knows what to do with first-time starters. 20 to 1, yeah, I'll take a shot. Yeah, uh, I, here's the thing. Like, I, I even wrote down, like, I don't know who William Cohen's is. I don't know who Luan Machado is, but I know what the stats say. I know they come from Belterra and Indiana Grand a lot of times. Uh, you look at the horse's breeding perspective here. It, it, everything says this horse fits. So if you if this was like a, a a trainer or a jockey even that we'd recognized here at Keeneland, this horse is five to one, six to one because the the breeding says this horse has the ability to win potentially at two. Definitely has the ability to win on grass and going two turns. And then it's something that you love to play as a small barn coming in here, small time jockey that's meant for this race and. They're here for one reason and one reason only, and you're going to get every bit of that 20 to 1. So I'm very happy that we're both on this horse. I mean, look, I'm willing to take a shot here, especially because of the way I'm, I'm structuring the rest of the ticket. Other long shot, I like the six horse, Tollgate Canyon. Uh, Joe Sharp, Arrogate. Uh, this is Sias who picks up the mount. Uh, first start at Kentucky Downs. I'm willing to draw a complete line through here. Uh, the horse didn't run very well, especially later in the race. Um, was hung six wide, was four lengths off the lead in seventh, and then just stopped. And that's fine. I'm, I'm totally willing to let that go. Second time out, Joe Sharp, 21%, $2.74 ROI. I get Saez aboard. Sharp gets one of these horses home with me. I think it makes a ton of sense to use a six here. Yeah, huge jockey upgrade is why I like the horse. This, the uh, breeding says go for two turns. You, you know, you remember Gray Magician from way back in the day? I uh, used to run for Peter Miller before he started getting claimed around. But, you know, he's won a ton of money. Breeding says he should be able to handle the dirt and two, or sorry, turf. And two turns. So, um, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I do love that we're on the uh, on a lot of the same 20 to 1 shots here. That makes me feel better. Uh, do you think either of these horses actually is 20 to 1 since we're both on them? The one, yes. The six, no. And it depends, too. If the field is full, there are a lot of horses in this field that will take money. I think it's just tough to get 20 yeah. to 1 on size. Uh, let's move on. My third leg of the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 15th, race eight. We've got six three-year-old fillies and one five-year-old mare who stands out like a sore thumb uh, going six furlongs on the dirt in this non-winners of two lifetime allowance. Uh, is this the race where you were talking about singling a four-to-one shot? Yes, it is, my friend. Go for it. Talk about because I not my top pick. I went too deep, but I did also like the number one ain't broke. Uh, I think eight broke makes a ton of sense here off the layoff for Calhoun, who only ships horses to Keeneland when he thinks they're live. You get Ray Lou Gutierrez up, one of my favorite jocks in this spot. Clearly the speed of the speed. And it's it's really that simple. You have a horse that was running comparable numbers to the rest of this field at two 
uh, well, I consider that the two-year-old season, I should say, into that March race, just because of how the horse did not get a break between the October races and the March races. Now we get six months off. We come back. Calhoun, 22% off 180-day layoff. Uh, this is one that's just all systems go. I think the rail is a good draw for Ain't Broke, because I think that means Ain't Broke goes right to the lead. I don't really like anyone else here. That's part of as much as everything else. Like, I don't like the two even a little bit. I wasn't going to use a two even if I went deeper. And then it's like, okay, let's talk about the five. If you take out a race where I think the number's probably inflated because CC was in it, there's no race that beats the, the one horse if the one improves by 5%. And then it's the six horse who's coming out of a maiden special way to Churchill where it was 26 to one. Like I, to me here, the four should be eight to five and you're getting four to one. I'm sorry. The one should be eight to five and you're getting four to one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I, like I said, I, I used her as well. And if you look at her, her workouts, you know, she had that four for a long work and 47 flat three back. She seems like she's on her toes. Calhoun's got great stats coming off of these long breaks like this. She's also got a very talented family. She's a half to ain't no Elmers who won her first two starts um both times at three so you got a three-year-old here going six furlongs on dirt which is what we're doing she's a full sibling to mr wireless you remember him he won the indian and west virginia derbies for brett calhoun so i do remember uh, him. I, plenty... need, I need him to win at lone star that's where i need mr wireless. oh i'm sorry i knew that was a horse i shouldn't have brought up i sorry uh but yeah so this horse has got a very talented uh pedigree going um it seems like ever since we added blinkers back in january she really woke up so i did use her my topic is the six and yes 26 to one last out, 72 here. It sucks. That's because the rest of this field sucks. Don't blame her for that. The fact that I'm getting seven to two, I think, is actually a gift because you talked about the two, your two to one favorite. She's one for 12 lifetime, and she's a Dale Romans horse who's now going to be favored at two to one off of a 17 to one effort when she had a career best buyer by uh, 10%, 12%. Like that is bounce city and a half waiting to happen for the twos. That's why we both passed on her. Um, as far as the six, I watched her races. Um, you know, the fact that she had that same issue at Ellis Park is another horse that we talked about earlier. You're going that one turn mile and you're stuck in the 11 post. You're like, you have to do like a whole extra turn compared to every other horse when you do that. Uh, the winner that day at Take Care was actually fifth in the race that You're So Silly debuted in. So she came back to improve. You're So Silly, I'm scratching off because of that effort. So if you scratch it off, you have a second place debut into a win both of those at six furlongs i like that the win came at churchill instead of ellis park it tells me that was a much tougher level of competition based off of the purse size and everything so i i'm gonna use her again i think that the one is a great horse to use i just didn't have the balls to to singular like you did yeah i mean the only other horse coming out of that that you're so silly race would be scarlet stripe who finished second in that spot it was a second race for that horse. It was a half million dollar gun runner. So there, there could have been a good horse in that race. The rest of that race is awful. Uh, no one, no one has run over a 62 buyer in the, the rest of those 10 horse horses that were in that field. Um, so you do have one horse that, that could have beaten with some talent. I, I just can't take seven to two. I, I agree with you. I think we both feel like this is a terrible field. Like this is just a bad field. And so if you, you can pick one here and get through, I think it's a great way to separate yourself and allow you to, like I, I mentioned the four last race, Worthington, you can single there and then you can hit the all button here, or you can try and single here and you can spread in that leg and you can try and spread around McCulloch trying to get a price home there. So a couple different ways to play the sequence, depending how your opinion falls. 
Uh, let's talk real quick about this three horse. I'm glad the people in the chat are talking about Dame Jovial uh, for Rusty Arnold. Luis Saez is picking up the mount. 20 to 1 here. And I, this one was intriguing. I didn't use, obviously. Her buyers don't fit anywhere near the rest of this field. But if you consider the fact that she was running well at six furlongs at age two, and then she comes back from a nine-month break and goes straight into a stakes race off of a maiden win, and then from there is in a one-mile Churchill Downs allowance, could cutting back to six furlongs where she's finished second both times, could that wake her up? Is is she a threat here with Luis Saez? Yeah, I think she is. Look, I think the three and the four are both more interesting to me than anyone else in this field because, because they're getting back to something they may be better at than what they've been doing. Like you can legit throw out the last two races for the three horse. And, and then you really don't know what to expect. And, and on top of that, instead of getting a horse that's first off the layoff, not knowing what to expect, like I'm using with the one, you're getting third off the layoff which means that you could have that logical built-in improvement third off the layoff on top of the fact that we're getting back to what we're best at. So I could see why people would make a case for three, especially with Saez jumping aboard. Three would be a great tournament horse right there. If you don't love the one, the three is a great tournament horse. Uh, let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 15th, race nine. The grade one, Queen Elizabeth II Challenge Cup Stakes. Field of seven, three-year-old filly is going to go a mile and eighth on the grass. The most likely single in this sequence is the six. Mikulik, your even money favorite here. And partially because of that, Mike, we're both not singling her. Yeah, I, I think Mikulik makes a ton of sense. I do. Um, and I have her on top. But I'm going to take a couple swings around her. I just, I, There's no speed in this field whatsoever. So right yep. off, right there. Um... <laughs> Oh, I didn't really mean to make you actually drink. Sorry. Chris Mile on the chat for the podcast listeners. He said penultimate drink. So right there, I'm going to try and figure out who's the speed. And that's the five horse Bella Bell. You've got the model shipping in here with Rispoli riding. We talk about how we don't love the West Coast horses taking on the East Coast horses on the turf. When they're lone speed, I'm willing to give them a shot, especially a five to one here, especially with the fact that it's that it's Rispoli, who is one of the better jockeys that is also shipping in with this horse to specifically ride in this grade one race. So um, I think the five horse has a legit shot to take this field gate to wire. It's the main reason why I use the five. Definitely a couple of talent wise will need to take a step forward, but has that pace edge that could allow Bella Bell to be able to take that step forward. Did you use the five or did you pass on this one? I passed on Bella Bell. I'm going to use the same argument for her that you used on a horse uh, of her. You're so silly. It's like, yeah, you look at that last race and the winner, Spenderella, she's great. She'd probably be the favorite or close to uh, with McCulloch in here. Bella Bell, she's good. The rest of that field, that's bad. That's not a good field uh, compared to what we're talking about, a grade one at Keeneland. Um, I do think that she is interesting from a pace perspective. But I think that Umberto Reese's best friend in horse racing, Flavian Pratt's going to screw that up. I think Flavian Pratt might actually send the two Gina Romantica to the lead. If you look in the past, she has gone to the lead. Uh, this, the race in the slop at Belmont that she won, she was put on the front end by Kendrick Carmouche. And it was only a four-horse field. They went slow, but she was able to do that. And there isn't any pace in here. Could they go 23 and 4, 48 flat with, on the turf here? Absolutely with her in the lead. I think Flavian Pratt is going to watch and see what his best friend Umberto Rusbley does on Bella Bell. If he sends, he's going to sit right off in stock and be the first one to pounce on her. And if he doesn't send or if, if Gina Romantica just catches a flyer out of the gate, I think that she goes. She lost to Faith in Humanity in the Pebble Stakes last time out because Faith in Humanity got that stupid, ridiculous early lead. And she just wasn't able to catch up the ground in time. So I think Flavian Pratt's going to read this a little differently. That's what I'm hoping with anyway. 
If you can't tell, I use Gina Romantica. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. We've, we've consistently seen that Chad Brown enters multiple horses in a turf race. One of them's going and, and going aggressively, right? Um, and, and Pratt knows how to get a horse out front if, if that's what the goal is here. We'll see how the break is. We'll see what happens. I, I would expect Bella Bell clears. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Gina Romantica presses, but I think Bella Bell is the faster horse there. Um, I use the, the seven Paris Peacock as well. This Same. one is just the unknown, right? I, I mean, look, this horse was running well in Europe. Um, was able to win back-to-back races with 16 and 12 horses, respectively. Oh, by the way, was also forwardly placed in both of those races. So has more speed than you expect from a European horse coming over here, especially at the age of three. So I feel like, man, I, don't, I feel like if Florent Giroux can give us a good ride, <laughs> uh, the seven's got a legit shot at, at pulling the upset here. So I, I'm going five, six, seven here, trying to get hopefully the seven home at a decent price as the unknown horse. Somebody timestamp when he said that because that's going to be something that comes back to haunt us both. Listen, I use the seven Paris Peacock too for all the reasons you said. I will say that I tried to find a few reasons to like her beyond just she's the unknown. Um, Gowran Park, where she got her two wins, she is coming off a two win streak, but that track is considered a B level. It is not an elite level. It's not where Aiden O'Brien goes, it's not where Charlie Appleby goes. So she wasn't beating the best of the best in Ireland there. But um, if you look, the horse that she beat by a neck last time out, Kawita, that's a horse that won a stakes race in Ireland at age two. Two lengths back in third in that race was a filly named With the Moonlight. So Kawita, I was trying to find some sort of common ground here with the American horses. She beat Kawita, Kawita beat With the Moonlight, granted when they were two years old. But, I mean, even the only off-the-board finish that Paris Peacock has had, uh, she was sixth, but she was within a length and a half of the winner. It was a big field. She had a rough trip near the end. So, there's enough unknowns and McCulloch is too short of a price when she does not look invincible like a horse like this should for that price here. There's enough question marks there and Paris Peacock. There's enough interest at 10 to one. I think that's a key as well. We're getting a good price on her. We can go ahead and use her. I think Nick brings up a good point too. Cause I thought the same thing. This is clearly a breeder's cup prep for the seven as well. This is, this yep. is a, a measuring stick, right? And if the seven runs well, we're going on to the Breeders' Cup. That's why she shipped over here. I like the fact that that was the reasoning. I think that makes that means that Harrington believes that they're going to come over here. And you're right. We are in a B track, but we, we won a grade three at a B track. You're still getting eight horses in a grade three, especially when it's a 16-horse field. Next time that we talk about the uh, some shitty-ass grade three in America, I'm going to try and find that clip and bring it up. That, I'm just that's totally fine. That's totally fine because those races are still significantly better than the claimers at that same track. <laughs> This is very true. <laughs> Fifth and final leg here, Mike of the Late Pick 5 at Keeneland on Saturday, October t- 15th, race 10. Starter <laughs> allowance for 11 males, four and up. They've all started for 20K or less in either 2021 or 2022. They're going to go six furlongs on the main track. Round out the day. Who's your top pick? I'm going to not tell you my top pick real quick because I want to give a golf clap to the 10 horse, Beverly Park. Aaron's favorite horse in training, by the way, and that's not a joke. This is legit his favorite horse in training. Honestly, this horse should win like horse of the year. This will be the yes. 24th race for Beverly Park, who, by the way, was entered today and did not run. She's 11 for 23 in 2022 with five seconds and two thirds. She's hit the board 18 times in 2022. This will be her, like she, she could hit the board 20 times this year. That's just phenomenal to see. That horse who clearly wants to run, clearly in good form, being placed very well and just getting the job done. I'm not going to use her here. But holy balls, 24 runs in a year. Like, that is just ridiculous, man. With 11 wins, it's not like we're just, we're just, we're coach out here just throwing the horse in every single place we can and we're just like not hitting the board. This horse is running well, being well spotted, 
not being claimed. We're in like starter allowances, lower level optional claimers, like just wonderful job by Norm Cash at Beverly Park here. I, I just I, you don't see that anymore. You got to call it out when you see it, because that is just phenomenal. Um, I'm going to go with a seven horse on top. Feast looks really good in this spot. Another horse that likes to win uh, three for six at the six furlong distance, four for eight on the year. This horse is six for 16 overall coming out of five furlong races where we were just clearly the fastest horse. And guess what? Today we are just clearly the fastest horse. The last furlong get a little sketch here, depending since we're not in as good a form as I would like for six furlongs, since we're coming out to five furlong races. But Feast is clearly the best horse. Size will get it get her, her, him, him. him. We'll get him on the lead, and then it's just to whether or not he's going to get run down late. So I'm going to put the seven on top here. I think it just makes too much sense. I passed on the seven. Uh, I to me, this race feels like there's a lot of speed that's going to fall apart, and I think this is one of those. I don't. I know he's won at six furlongs before, but um, that was with Jose Delgado and Monster Racing Stables. And if you don't know the story about those, Google Jorge Navarro. Their names pop up a lot. Um, as far as Beverly Park, this was my top pick. Uh, he's 21 for 40 lifetime, and he's 11 for 23 in this year alone. That's just it's incredible. Um, Norm Cash claimed this horse for 12.5 last August and hasn't run him back for a tag since then. Since last August, 31 starts. And he's been protected in every... It, he's been protected in every single... This is a 12.5K claimer. Like, you, they never get run 31 times unprotected ever because they're in a 12.5K claimer for a reason. This horse has been that way. I, he brings his race wherever he goes. He's three for five at Keeneland. He's nine for 21 at the distance. He's got a two race win streak. I'm really genuinely curious because he also, by the way, let's talk about the race that he scratched out of today, which is going off in 10 minutes. Um, he was nine to two in that race on the morning line. He drew post two, but it was a starter allowance 10K. So theoretically, much worse horses than that race than what would be in here in terms of where you can qualify. So they scratch out of that. I think that Norm Cash likes that this horse is drawn outside, doesn't give a flying F, whether it's the horse that's. Uh, uh, if it's 20k or 10k, he likes that the horses can be outside for this position. So tell me why he didn't use uh, our boy Beverly Park because this is a better field. I, I think this is a little bit over <laughs> Beverly Park's head. I don't see a path to winning. Um, generally, when Beverly Park wins, it's on the lead or very close to it. I agree with you, there's a ton of speed in here, and Beverly Park is not the speed of the speed or the class of the speed. In my mind, that's the seven in both cases. That's why I'm using the seven and then using a couple closers around it to try and pick up the pieces. And that was kind of how I came up with a strategy to play this race. Beverly Park, by the way, would not have... The, the race today is tougher than this one. If Feast isn't good, this race is wide open. In today's race, I would have had Beverly Park as the fifth or sixth best horse. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I think that the race today actually drew tougher than this race here. So I, I agree with the spot to put Beverly Park into here. Um, although it's going to be tough. I mean, you're going to have to sit fourth probably and make out a trip to be able, and then close in to be able to win if you're Beverly Park. And I'm not sure that, that he's got that in him. Uh, although at this point you can't really doubt him based on what he's done. My second pick is going to be a little bit of a price here. I'm going to go to the two horse Alex Andrus. Um, this is one that actually lost to Beverly Park last time out, but we're getting second off the layoff here, which I think is pretty key because we hadn't seen this horse since January 7, 2022. It's the last race was on September 21st, 2022. It's a seven-year-old. You kind of need that race. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's that's a long enough break where if you put one into this horse, then all of a sudden we can turn it around. I really like the race two back at Oakland. Horse won very well. I like the race four back at Churchill. The horse was was very good and won there. Both times came from off the pace in races that, that kind of collapsed a little bit. 
That was at six, or that was at seven furlongs and six furlongs. I feel like the horse can handle this distance. Three for 16 at the distance, nine for 38 lifetime. So likes to win, has been traded around in barns a bunch of times, consistently running those mid 80s buyers back in the six year old season. If we get back to those mid 80s buyers and we close well, 12 to one is going to seem like an absolute gift on the two horse. Uh, so I did finally look at your ticket. And other than Beverly Park, we agree uh, on, on the uh, uh, the horses here. So, yeah, I like Alexandros for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, the ninth straight time they've run him protected. These connections between Trisha Vance Duncan and uh, Thomas Vance, I'm going to guess that they're siblings, Thomas and Trisha Vance, and then she got married. They've had this horse five times in his career. They keep claiming him back. They keep claiming and then each time for more money. And this last time, 32k and they haven't run him back for a tag since then and he's gotten two wins out of those four starts and we're both willing to scratch off that last effort so uh yeah to me i think at 12 to 1 is a big steal let's talk about the other one we agree on the four ultimate at 8 to 1 and i saw someone in the chat uh nick feldman hey nick was that's always a good sign when nick agrees with us here uh, at 8 to 1 you know another horse with an impressive record six for 19 lifetime five seconds so 11 for 19 in the exacta Six furlongs, he's four for 12, and he's seven for 12 in the exact. Like that, that's pretty great. Um, you know, all reasons that I really like this horse. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're eight to one here because of the Prairie Meadows hate. If that wasn't Prairie Meadows, that said Saratoga. Tisk, people. This horse is five to two, right? I mean, like, that's the thing. It, it's because that says Prairie Meadows that people are overlooking this horse, which I think is kind of ridiculous. If you trust the numbers, you trust the numbers. And Timeform and DRF both say this horse has a legit shot here at that price. We talked about how much speed's in this race. Guess what? Four likes to sit just off it, but has some early tactical speed. Everything sets up well here at the price of eight to one. And oh, by the way, this is a four-year-old. First off the layoff, first later in the season, has a right to improve off this layoff, where a lot of these older horses just don't. So if the four takes a step forward, eight to one is going to look like a steal in this spot, especially with the pace setup we're getting. I saw someone make a comment about Kylie Jordan, who's uh, riding. She, by the way, she got second uh, for Timothy Martin on a horse called Big Thorn in race four today at Keeneland. So she can run well at Keeneland for Timothy Martin. Um, she's a pretty talented jockey. She's the rare case where, she, you know, especially for women, she continued to do well and keep getting mounts after she lost the bug. That's not something that usually happens, unfortunately. But she's talented enough to uh, to get the job done. Um, and were there any horses here that we didn't talk about that concern you? Other than, obviously, you left off the 10. I'm sure that concerns you. But anybody else? Yeah, I left off the 10. I thought the 11 was a little interesting all the way on the outside, but probably just a cut below. Uh, the 11, the Queen's Jewels, who has, has some races that fit, but would probably need to finish a little bit better than that. Um, I tried to make a case for the eight, my man Flintstone, but I just couldn't do it. Uh, Montauk Daddy's a little bit interested in me, but the problem is all the races that win this were in the Nota Barn. Generally, claiming off Nota is not a great idea. Um, now it, it is, um, it is Joe Sharp, <laughs> which is another one that can you know keep that horse going from the Nota Barn. Sharp like a needle. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so you you could kind of push it, but every one of the best races for Montauk Daddy was gate to wire, and Montauk Daddy's not the fastest horse in this race, and that really was what what tipped me away from the horse. Better be careful with those jokes, Rosie Napravnik might come after me on Twitter. Uh, by the way, was, were the Astros the dudes who bet daily pick because uh, Aaron went crazy in the chat for the Astros? So I I, ha I hit a parlay yesterday, two money the money line went under, and I have a parlay today, and the first part of my parlay is Astros money line today. So that's why he's he's excited about it. I'm trying to start out the week up up three units in two days, so up 300 bucks in two days. And we need to get the Astros home, and then we've got the Baylor Bears later today uh, to try and get them home. 
Real quick, I want to address something. Michael, uh, so the 10 at Keeneland, this was my third pick in the race. I used it mainly as a pace setup play. I think there's a ton of speed in here, and the 10 sits a really good trip. That's why I ended up using the 10 here. I would like the 10 to win because I would uh, be good for my pick six. Um, but I, I, I think that the 10 has a legit shot. I'm surprised at the 3-1 to one price. So I was expecting something more of like, like 5 to 6 to 1 range. Horse who uh, four starts back lost to ooh Beverly Park. And uh, six races back, finished ahead behind Beverly Park. And 11 races back, lost to Beverly Park. You like the 10 horse here, do you? I do. In this field. <laughs> Not in tomorrow or Saturdays. That's going to do this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun beforehand. I'm sorry we started a few minutes late, but we are having a really good time. Uh, it's all about good times at racingdudes.com. Wow, I sound like a hippie all of a sudden. Sorry about that. Hey, before we leave, uh, check out down below. We've got our tickets here. We'll go through them one last time. I'll start off. I'm going to single the seven, then one, four, six, eight, nine, then one, six, two, six, seven, two, four, ten. That's a $45 ticket. Mr. Samich. We play a 50 cent ticket, one, seven, eight with one, four, six, seven, eleven with one, with five, six, seven, with two, four, seven. That will cost you $67.50 total pretty good uh i love that we're both going after mcculic uh which tells me this is the time that she this is the one time chad brown will enters multiple in a grade one race and the favorite wins uh since we're all like we're on to you chad he's like okay now watch this she's gonna win by five um I, I, we've got the breeders cup coming up i know that the pre-sale for the racing dudes uh inside track wagering guide it's live right now so you can go to racingdudes.com and be part of that if you have any monthly subscription to the samo bombs to the premium products to the uh, racing dudes rocket picks you get that included. It's a $40 value. So if you're already thinking about getting that, honestly, become a subscription member to either the Summer Bombs, the Premium Picks, the, the Rocket Picks, because you're going to get every pick, every race, every track across the country for 30 days and the guide included with that. So I'm excited. I know you must be excited about the Breeders' Cup because you just spent a long time on Blinkers Off talking about it. Um, tell the folks why they should go listen to it. What are some highlights from the show? Well, from, for my money, what's really interesting about it is I, I'm in the, the Breeders' Cup betting challenge. It's starting to formulate my opinions on where I'm going to really hammer something home, where I like exactas, where I like win bets. I think it's interesting to look at if you do have uh, availability to some of these fixed odds markets because, for instance, Chocolate Gelato 9-2 to two right now in the fixed odds market, you're not getting 9-2 to two on Chocolate Gelato on race day, right? I mean, there's certain examples of horses where if you like them, it's a great time to get those bets in now if you have that availability or that option. So uh, we went through every single race talking about kind of where we like picks. You can get two to one on golden pal right now in fixed odds markets that will not get two to one now may, may or may not win but you're not getting two to one on race day on golden pal so there's a couple places where i think it's worthwhile checking out and then it gives an idea of like who we think can win some spots and, and what horses we like for instance i think there's only two horses that can win the classic that's the list just two and so i will we'll go over that and why i believe that in that spot so it's a, it's a fun little show checking everything out we're going to have a ton of coverage over the next month on the Breeders' Cup. We've got a, a Airbnb in Lexington. We'll be live Thursday night, live Friday night after the races, talk about the what we thought, who we like going into Saturday. We'll cover the Breeders' Cup on Thursday night. It's going to be an absolute blast going through everything. So make sure you're, you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you give it a like and a thumbs up so we can get out to more people. We're going to be alive a whole bunch. You're going to get sick of us by the time the Breeders' Cups roll around, but you're also going to be ready to make some money and cash some tickets if you do. Hell yeah, we're really pumped about this, man. This is it's a very exciting time. By the way, I heard rumor, Mike. You don't have to confirm or deny it yet, but I did hear rumor that there's a VIP barbecue party planned on a Thursday uh, in Lexington as well, in case anybody happens to be in town and gets a VIP ticket to said uh, event. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Uh, everyone, thanks so much for joining us. If you haven't yet, hit like on the video. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Like Mike said, we've got so much content coming out. Mike did a couple of videos earlier today. They'll be coming out soon looking at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, the Juvenile and then the Juvenile Phillies. Is that right? Uh, juvenile Breeders Top 5 with one honorable mention. And then the Juvenile Phillies uh, Keys to the Race. Okay. And I cannot wait to hear your reasons why Cave Rock will not win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile this year. Oh, is he running? The only way Cave Rock loses is if he scratches. We'll put it that way. I'll give you the one reason. The one good reason. <laughs> you know, a video idea that I thought was going to be fun. Um, I still ha I'm having fun with it, but apparently I'm about the only one having fun with it. <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much. Uh, yeah. Um, is it golden because Sienna peed on it? So that's the question. But I know she's potty training. Mike. It's more like Willy Wonka golden ticket. Oh, I yeah. got it. Yeah, the creepy pedophile. Got it. Yeah. All right. Here is RacingDudes.com. You can check it out. The uh, pre-sale for the wagering guide is available right there. Uh, we've got previews for Friday's races, the Sycamore Stakes with Arclo. There's a really deep field there. I think there's prices galore you can go hunting for. And then the Glen Cove Stakes at Belmont at the Big A. Poppy Flower making her last start of the year. Could she go out a winner? So check those out. Otherwise, make sure you check out Blinkers Off and then be back for Dudes Who Bet Daily tomorrow and the rest of the weekend at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. Unless it's Saturday, that's 11 a.m. and then 8 a.m. on the Pacific Coast. But, Mike, until then, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Magic. And I think we should answer Nick's question. because. Oh, shit. Thank you, Nick. See, you reminded us. Thank you. Can we get this three up? Come on. Get by. Get by. Come on. Run him down. Run him down. Oh, come on. Don't hang. Don't hang. This is great content right here. Get up three. All right. Now we can answer the question. The three, the one. three one at Keeneland? Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Anyways, all right. Nick wants to know in the chat, uh, the Sprint Dirt Mile are being switched in the order of races on the card for the Breeders' Cup. He says it's a big deal for wagering. Or maybe nobody cares. I'm sure that you care about this. Talk about the switch here, Mike. Um. So I, real quick, Nick, that means that the mile is out of the pick five and the sprint's in it, right? Because that makes a ton of sense to me. If That's I was what the, I understood it to mean, yeah. If I was the Breeders' Cup, I wouldn't want the mile in the pick five or even the pick six if I could avoid it because it is, as Aaron put it, the redheaded stepchild of the Breeders' Cup. I mean, people either want to win the sprint or they want to win the classic. So it is never the first choice unless your life is good last year when it was like he was like legitimately the only horse I can remember that's like the first choice. Um so, yeah, if the mile's going to late pick five, I think that's a bummer. I would much rather have the sprint um, because uh, I had to pick six a couple times. That's why I was reading for it, Michael. Uh, yeah, if the sprint is a much more fun race. The mile is not going to be as much fun. Um, you, you're either going to have uh, yeah, Cody's wish, if everyone defects, will be a heavy favorite, or you're going to have a horse that's going to beat the crap out of Cody's wish. Because they're the one horse that didn't defect from the mile. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, I would much rather have the sprint in the pick five because you like, I realize Jackie's Warrior is a short price, but the sprint produces more of a variance because of the number of speed yes. horses that you have in it, which makes it hard when the favorite is a heavy speed horse. Now, if you had like, if Big Invasion was a dirt sprinter and dominant, then I would understand it because Big Invasion is going to get the pace set up in the dirt sprint to be able to go right by them because of how Big Invasion runs. Because of the way Jackie's Warrior runs, and we saw this last year, Aloha West wins that race because of the pace setup. I don't even know if Aloha West is in training anymore. Like, it's been ridiculous how bad that horse has been this year. So I know he's still in training. But he's not doing very well. That's the point. 
So I would much rather have the sprint in the late pick five if it was there, just because it's a much more wide open race. Oh, actually, he just he just started getting back to work. Uh, he hasn't been seen since July second. He won us won a stakes at Churchill, but you remember that that win at the, the Churchill was followed two very shitty efforts against Grade One Company. Um, yeah, that's it. Looks like the it's going to start off Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile into the Turf Mile, then Distaff Turf Classic. If you think about who the past winners for the Dirt Mile you had, I go off memory. Life is good, heavy favorite. Nick's go, heavy favorite. City of Light was he a favorite? Um, eight to five ish. Uh, you had uh, shit. Who else? There was another horse that won the Dirt Mile and then won the Pegasus. I can't think of who it was. Uh, but anyway, no, the Dirt Mile, it's, it's never a, a race, that, at least in my time, that's really produced a price. Um, the, it's, but it the produced one price. Up, Battle of Midway was a price. Spun to run. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, because Omaha Beach. Yeah. yeah. But um, Liam, Golden Sense won it back-to-back years. Liam Mapp uh, to Marcus for uh, McLaughlin and Smith. Battle of Midway, City of Light, Spun to Run, Nick's Go, Life is Good. Look, Nick's Go and Life is Good are a great example. It's the horses that end up running in the mile, are the ones that are too good to run in the sprint uh, or don't want to handle the sprint distance, but are, are, are not good enough yet to run in the classic, but will be. Both of those horses end up being very good horses the following year, right? And just don't get the job done. Or Nixco gets the job done in the classic and, and life is good. If it weren't for Flightline, maybe the favorite in the classic this year. So. Well, Nick is a fan of it. He said he, in his eyes, he thinks the dirt mile will be much more competitive than the sprint. So I guess it's just how you see it. You know, we'll find out. Uh, listen, it really doesn't matter because as long as you're buying the wagering guide, we got all the winners right there. Just go check it out. Racingdudes.com, inside track to the Breeders' Cup wagering guide, available for pre-sale for $40, or it's included with any monthly subscription, including the Salmo Bombs. Mike, let's get out of here. we got to get going. Uh, until tomorrow at uh, 12 noon, 9 a.m. Eastern for Dudes Who Bet Daily, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike, who's playing the Washington Commanders tonight. Ugh, that's a <laughs> disgusting game. Really Good luck, are. everybody. We'll see you next time. Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.